right, we are back on the Seki Life. We have Tony P with us today. Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, man. So we're going to kick it off. First question, obviously, that I've got for you is, uh, when did you start your journey into security? It was about uh, 2008. Um, I was at university uh, here in Tasmania, and I uh, was friends with a guy named Felipe. Do you remember him? Felipe. I remember Felipe, yes. Yeah, Felipe. Yeah, he was a good fella. He's Yeah, he was a good fella. And he, he encouraged me, man. He said, hey, get your security license. If you do, I can get you a job at Isobar. I know a guy. And I was just pumped, man. I was like, here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get this security license. And um, and yeah, that, that was it, man. Just took it away, basically. Like... Did the license, started working at Isobar, and after that, lots of different venues, but probably Isobar would be the most memorable. And who was, which company was running ISO at the time? Because it changed hands a few times. Yeah, so when I first started, it was um, that Cam and... Fat Boy? No, before that. It was like C&M or something, do you remember? Okay. It was like uh, As and... As and Cam was Fat Boy. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, then that was it. Yep. Yeah, Fat it was Boy Fat Security. Boy. Yeah. It was, a, it was a funny name, man. Like, I wasn't, you know, I didn't really fit the description. <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit thin. It was cool, man. You put on that fluoro green shirt, get pumped up for the night, and you just, you get into the mindset, you know? You, you might, your whole mentality sort of shifts, and you go, fuck, here we go. I'm putting on this shirt. I'm security tonight. I'm fat boy security tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did you stay in the security for, Tony? Yeah, um, not too long. It was about five or six years, man. I worked at a lot of different venues. Grape, James Squires, Soho, um, New Sydney, Toledo's, which was part of Isobar. A bunch of like events, to, yep. like cricket and... Yep. Um, a private event out at Red Banks one time that was yep. cool um, and then the last place that I worked at before I, I left the industry was Lower House and that was that was cool because it was yep. like it was chill yep. and um, it was kind of like a retirement from security it was yep. it was just very chill yep. compared to everything else yeah yeah mm. no Lower House is a good venue mm. Shout out Lower House and who was on the security team when you were working at Lower House Ah, uh, the guy that, that got me in was a mate of mine, Jimmy Steer, if oh, you yes. remember him. Yeah. No, I remember Jimmy. Yeah, badass dude. Looked up to him heaps. He was just, he had, a, he had a mouth on him, like he was just chirpy, and he was just staunch and did jiu-jitsu as well, and um, yeah, just cool, cool dude. He was cool, and he knew movies as well, so we always talked about like movies, which was cool. Yeah, real. Yeah. There were other guys. Um... Adam, Adam Millington, Millington yeah, yep. um, uh, Ali, Mahmoud, uh, yeah, yeah, the unit, yeah, he was cool. They were all cool, man. James, fuck, I'm gonna. No, I don't know. I'll forget. Yeah. I know who you yeah, talk. Yeah. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah yeah, 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 I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Now, lower house. I don't know what it was like back when you worked there, but was it more of a not really that much happened there? You know. It got busy. It did get yep. busy. They had live music or they'd get a DJ in or whatever. Yep. Um, but some some nights you'd get there, like if it was a weeknight, um, it'd just be like a chill sort of lounge bar. Yeah, sure. But then it on the weekends it did get packed yep. and it was like, you know, hard to navigate through the crowd, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stuff like that. It did get pretty busy, yep. um, but the vibe was always pretty yep. chill. So not many removals, not many man. Yeah. To be honest, no, yeah. it wasn't like there were heaps every night. There were like there were still there were still some, but it was always yeah. like tap somebody on the shoulder and yeah. come on, mate, you're leaving now, rather than like you know full Nelsons and goose, yeah, yeah, true, and shit. true. Well, actually, when you said New Sydney, it brought back memories because I forgot I even worked there. To be honest, okay, <laughs> because I remember just standing up there on the door. Because you'd rock in and management would be like, oh, we just want you to stand on the door. Mm. Don't, don't bother coming inside. Don't come inside, yeah. And you're just like, oh, but what if something happens? No, 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 don't we'll worry deal about with it. it. Yeah, we'll deal with it. You basically. just stand on the door and yeah. you just be staring down that alley. Yeah. Just but going. That, that alley was cool though because it was like, <laughs> it gave you good visibility. So yeah. you could see right down to the end of the block yep. and you could 
so you'd see like a pack of dudes come around the corner and you go, ah, oh, fuck, here we go. How many of these guys? So then as they're walking up, you're looking for one thing on one guy that you're not going to allow in. And then that way, none of them are going to come in. So you're yeah. looking, dude, like scanning all their shoes as they're walking up. You're like, oh, this, this cunt's wearing fucking um, flip flops. Here we go. And then they, they all get there and then, nah, man, can't have flip-flops inside here. And they go, oh, oh, really? And you go, yeah. And they go, oh, all right, we'll try somewhere else. And then they all walk away. And it was like, yeah, fuck yeah. It's a good one. You know what I found back in the day? There was like loyalty amongst friends. Like you refuse one for the shoes, they'll leave. Mm-hmm. But actually, probably later on, probably the last five years, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not really active in security anymore. Mm-hmm. But you refuse someone for their shoes or something. And the friend goes, oh, okay. I was meeting up with you in two hours and comes in and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. They just like break up. Like <laughs> the loyalty's gone, man. Yeah, They're just like, yeah. fuck it. I'll just, yeah. And then even sometimes with partners, like you refuse the boyfriend or you refuse the girlfriend and the other <laughs> one goes, all right, I'll catch up with you in two hours. And they just come in and you're just like, what the f- Serious? Oh, Christ. You're going to leave your missus or yeah. you're going to leave your boyfriend yeah. because whatever's waiting for you inside's a better offer that's hilarious or, you man. Know, what, yeah. what the fuck's going on yeah but back then it was like the packs stayed, stayed together right? yeah. yeah yeah. speaking of shoes just funny story real quick yeah go for um, it I was on the door at Toledo's and I won't say his name but a well known MMA fighter in Tasmania rocked up and we had these earpieces and over the earpiece I hear the owner of Isobar I don't want to say names. If you want to say it, that's up to you, man. But I won't (laughs) say his name. And the owner goes, do not let him in. Do not let him in. And I'm like, Roger, I'm not letting this guy in. So I'm I'm talking to him. And uh, and he's he's pretty drunk, but he's like, you know, he's lucid. He's not, he's not like sloppy drunk. And um, I said to him, mate, you can't come in with, uh, with those shoes. And he looked at me and he said, these shoes are all terrain shoes. Toledo's is a type of terrain. Therefore, <laughs> these shoes are allowed in Toledo's. And I just thought, fuck, you got me. All right, well, go on in then. <laughs> so I just let him in. And then like 10 minutes later, he was doing like uh, windmills on the, on the dance floor. Yeah. And then we just had to get him out after that. Yeah, Shouldn't have let him in, but you know, shit happens. Uh, sometimes you make mistakes, right? Yeah. So take me back to the ISO bar days, all right? So mm. you're a fresh security uh, operative. Mm. Now, were you doing jits back then? No. So um, security introduced me to jujitsu, and for that, I'll I'll always be grateful in a way. Um, jujitsu definitely changed my life. Um, but I would never have discovered it if I hadn't started doing security. Um, so started off uh, at Isobar upstairs somewhere and um, standing on one of those boxes. Yeah. And um, and the guy, the main guy, Minol, he was just, he was head of security and he was just, he was unbelievable, man. Like seeing this guy in action and the stuff that he could do it was like watching a superhero when you when you don't know anything. Yeah. It was like holy yeah. shit! That, you know he's handling people four or five times his size with yeah. ease, um, just wrapping people up and just so quick and not a big dude, not a huge dude um, by any means. And uh, so yeah, so so he encouraged me. He actually wrote out the whole um, class timetable on a little like napkin, like a cocktail napkin, and gave it to me. It was like Nogi Tuesday. Gee Wednesday and then it was like MMA one yep. other day and yep. and he wrote it all out and and I actually still have it in a box somewhere but I, I went home and I looked it up like I was like what the fuck is no gee no gee what the <laughs> fuck does that mean and I looked up jujitsu I was like I didn't get it man I was like where's the punching where's the kicking like I just did not understand what it was all about mm-hmm. but started training and um you you were there when I when I first started I think you were already a blue belt where you had just gotten your blue belt when I first started yeah, which okay. was cool because I'd, I'd roll with you yeah I remember you were actually a standout for me I'd roll with you and I, I just couldn't understand like you just like you'd, you'd hit this sweep. It was like whatever, like a, a scissor sweep or something. And you just would hit these sweeps. And I would just feel my, my body just like 
go in the air and just sort of fall over to the side and there was like nothing I could do about it I was like how the fuck is he doing that like it just didn't make any sense to me I was like how the fuck is he actually doing that so yeah it was cool actually you were a bit of a um like an inspiration when I first started out man so thank you thanks man thanks man Mm. yeah I yeah I remember when I used to watch Minol those days it was like it reminds me of early UFC Mm. like he knows what he's doing but nobody else knew what he was doing Mm. So, like, you're just thinking, what's he doing? Like, he's hugging this guy from behind. What the hell? Next minute, the guy's flown, flying through the air. He's on the side. He's got him locked up yeah, in, like, yeah. a kimura. And the guy's going, ah, I'll walk out. And you're just like, what the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, I remember my early days in security. I came from, from Muay Thai. Mm. So, I was just thinking, oh, well, there's only so far you can jab or right. kick someone. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to learn some shit mm. quickly. Yeah. And when I started working... Uh, actually, the the first company I worked for for Isobar was called Security Taz. Okay. And it was half owned by Phil. Phil Quaid. Qu- yeah. 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 So he was like, he gave me the poster. There used to be like a little A4 one. And I had mm. been old doing that. Oh, yeah. That one. That, yeah. yeah. The hands and out had, um, in a little uh, grappling position for those who can't yeah. see what we're doing. Put our hands out. <laughs> <laughs> Like a little possum in the night. <sighs> I remember looking at it thinking, Equip Mestre Wilson Jiu-Jitsu. I'm thinking, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is that? that? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even know what that means. How do I even pronounce yeah, that? Yeah, I remember thinking, oh, yeah, it can't be that bad. And I rocked up. And I think actually the MMA class was the first class I did. Yeah. And two-hour class, and it was like the first hour was just a warm-up. Mm. And it yeah. was just like all this weird shit. You got yeah. these mini footballs, and you're doing these explosive push-ups, yeah, and yeah, moving yeah. your hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're doing deadlifts. And as you pull it up, you got to switch hands and you put yeah, it back down. And yeah, go, yeah. What, what the, the fuck, fuck is yeah, this? Yeah. And he's like, partner up with someone. Next minute, the person's on your back and you're running around the mats yeah, and you're yeah. doing squats and lunges. Yeah. And I'm thinking, for, like 30 Just, minutes in, I'm thinking, is this, like, did I, is, did I mess up and come to the fitness <laughs> class? And then Shit. I think that class, after the warm up, he was like, oh, yeah, everyone just put your gloves on. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, cool, we're going to do some pad work. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, sparring. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know anything. Yeah. And I threw a leg kick at this guy and he caught it. And then he just dropped me and got on top. And I'm like, he was like, just pitter-paddling, punching me in the yeah, face. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing I could do about yeah, it. Yeah. And he goes, do you want me to just let you up? And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, do you want me to just let you up? Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. there's, okay we've got to learn. We've got to start learning yeah. some stuff. I remember... Those MMA classes, man, it felt like Gladiator Academy, dude. It was like just rocking up and just fucking huge units, man. Blake, yep. um, Blake Teddy, what that remember yeah, that dude, the big fella, yeah, and just all these fucking Shaw, Shaw Dean, and just yep. units, man. And I was just like, oh man, I, I struggled when I first started, really bad. Like, I I didn't really want to go, but Mario actually encouraged me. He was yep. like, come on, man. We got to go. We got to go. I'd get home from work and he'd be like, come on, man. We got to go to training. I'm, I said to myself, I'm going to go every fortnight. Yep. Is what, that was my original pact with myself. I said, I will go once every fortnight. And I didn't want to overcommit, but I said, I, I will, I'll do that. And I did. And um, that's what I tell people now, actually. Like somebody will rock up to training and they'll go, um, oh, that was amazing. Da, 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 da. Oh, when's the next class? Thursday? Oh, yeah, cool. I'll be here Thursday and for Saturday. And, da, 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 da. and I go... Look, just say you're gonna to come to one class a week. Just yeah. just do that one class yeah. and fucking make that class. Yeah. Um, but if you, I mean, you know, you can lead a horse, but you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Can't make them drink, man. So everyone's got to do their own, make their own journey through it all day. Eh? Well, that's true, and I think looking back at that, I think part of Minol's thing was just the strongest survive. You know, mm-hmm. like he just weed out the students. He would. He didn't really want in his club because he would. You, you couldn't handle it. Then you were gone. You were gone anyway. Because yeah. you were just thinking, yeah. what the fuck? Because sometimes you wouldn't have, it would be no technique, you know? Mm. It'd just be warm up and then straight into rolling rounds. Mm. And you're just like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, you know, yeah. if you have, if you don't like, you know, some people think they're fit, but you go and do grappling mm. and you find out you're not real fit. It's a different type of fitness for yeah. sure. It requires a lot of different types of mm. uh, strength and coordination. And um, you're just switched on for the whole five or seven minutes or whatever it is however the, the round is and um yeah for people that haven't done it it is definitely an eye-opener mm. but i mean that would probably be the same if i went and did a footy warm-up i'd be like yeah. fuck i am not fit 
I went and did a boxing warm up. Oh, I am not fit. You know, like it's just if you're not used to it, then you yeah. just don't know. True. Yeah. True. So going back all those years, do you remember your first physical removal? I don't actually recall my first removal. To be honest, I thought I thought about that. I did have a few, um, but no, nah, I don't actually remember my first removal. There were lots of. Um, just lots of full Nelsons, lots of goosenecks, lots of just stacking on. And, um, I can remember, I can remember when it felt messy, you'd hear the people around, around the incident go, ah, fuck, they don't even know what they're doing. You know, they just carry on. And, but when it was like clean and Mm. quick, um, that was, that was the best, obviously. Um, but yes, a lot of times it just, just did get real messy. Like the floor is always just covered in, you know, booze and, um, it's dark and there's fucking fog everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Or what about the, um, what about the foam parties, man? Trying to do a removal on a foam party. Like what the fuck were they thinking, dude? I remember this wasn't a phone party, but I remember working at ISO Bar. Uh, I was doing a shift because towards the end, I, I didn't really do that many shifts for Fat Boy there. They put mm. me at uh, predominantly Soho. Okay. And then when Felipe left um, Squires, they said, "Oh, Eric, can you go down there?" And yeah. I said, "I'm not going down there unless you have two guards, mm. because it doesn't make sense to have three entry points in one guard." Uh, and they said, "Okay, we talked to the owners. They said they'll have two. So mm. then I went down there. So I was predominantly there. But they called me to ISO for a shift. And I remember working, I remember, if you can remember where the stage was, and then they sort of had a box towards the back. Not the rear entry door, but there was like that little ramp, and there was like a box just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, the main, do, on the main dance floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You were supposed to have someone near the DJ, and then another one at the back. Yeah. Right? But there was no one on the DJ, it must have been, I don't know, Wednesday night or yeah, something, yeah. so they didn't have the full... And I'm standing there watching, and I just see this fucking bogan cunt just drinking a fucking... Must have been vodka cruiser or yeah. whatever it was yeah, in yeah, the yeah. whatever was the vodka premix back in the day. Yeah, cruisers, man. Yeah. And I just see him and he's finished it and he's fucking turn it upside down. There he's got Uh-oh. the handle Uh-oh. and he's just looking at this guy next to him. Oh, and I'm fuck. thinking he's gonna smoke this kid oh, with it. Man. So I start, you know, fucking it's slow motion Baywatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lucky there was like pretty much barely anyone, maybe ten people on the dance floor. Okay. And there. It must have been early on the night, you know, when everyone's sort of around the perimeter. Mm. No one's game enough to get in the middle yet. Mm, mm. So I've come through. And now he's taken his focus off this guy. He's seen me coming. And he's fucking jumped off the first step, like, full fucking bottle in his hand. Like a fucking machete in his hand. Like some fucking warrior. And I don't know how I did it, but while he's coming down, I've slinked to, like, the side... And I've caught him in a full Nelson. No shit. But as he's hit the ground, I've lost my footing because, as you said, it's slippery. Yeah, yeah. And now I've fallen onto my back. Oh, fuck. But I've still got him. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't let this guy go. Nah. Because uh, he's still got the fucking bottle. Mm. But what the fuck? I can't even call for help. No, you got, you're all tied up. You're tied up as yeah. well. Yeah. And there's all these people around, you know, like, you know, 10, 15 people around that just like, kind of looking like, not really giving a fuck, just continuing to dance. <laughs> And lucky the DJ, I looked up and he, I saw him on the radio. Yeah. And um, I remember your brother was the first one to show up. Okay. And I'm just, I'm holding this guy, full Nelson. Yeah. And I just start feeling these vibrations through him. And I'm like, what the fuck is Mario doing? I look up, he's just fucking... Oh, pummeling him. Yeah, fuck. he's just, but in the, in the stomach, not in the face, yeah, in the yeah, stomach. Yeah. He's giving him a couple, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, you fuck with security, this is what happens. Oos, oos. And uh, so then he grabs the feet and we just carry him out. Like, mm. imagine getting carried out in a full Nelson and your feet are up off the thing. Yeah, yeah, not, not ideal. And I remember we took him out and, like, I think back to it now, you know, probably wasn't the best way to release somebody. Sure. But at the same time, we did the, you know, when you throw your kids one, in the pool? One, two, two yeah. three. But he's up in the air and next minute you just hear him crash on the concrete and he's like, oh, fucking shoot, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, get out. Oh, well. Yeah. That's the one it is. Fuck, man. It's yeah. tough, dude. Like, it, it's um, it's a bit scary, dude. Like, there's a huge liability, and I think it's worse now. There's a lot of oversight on um, on security, and probably not so much, you know, the further back you go, there's less and less, you know, actual regulation around that kind of stuff. Mm. But the, um, the misuse or the excessive use of force yeah. um, is a huge deal. And... Yeah. Um, I'd say 
definitely to anybody that is either just starting out or thinking about getting into security um understand what you what you can and can't do understand the um the criminal code act um how to justify self-defense um how to justify you know protecting the life or property of somebody else Mm. um and what that all means so it's important stuff dude um yeah definitely people have got done for it in fact one of our guests was on the receiving end of some charges a shit go yeah yeah look you don't want to be that guy but uh sometimes i think you know even to this day there's people that don't train but still go into security and i just think mate like even if you're training you're only reducing things by a certain percentage because you know you go restrain someone boom there's a friend there all right now there's two people there's two yeah right or boom you introduce a fucking weapon or some kind of object and they're like oh fuck now i've got to deal with that people um drunk people or you know whatever kind of person you're dealing with they're much more likely to hit or assault a security guard than they are a police officer because mm. to like just speaking honestly like nobody gives a fuck about security yeah. guards man yeah. so um and a lot of people actually have negative opinions of security guards as well so um yeah it's it's a dangerous dangerous gig and you've got to as they say watch your six yep um yeah there were a few times um where i'd be on the door at isobar and like there was like an altercation going on down the street and next thing i know there's just like bottles just crashing like right next to my head on the on that the isobar like yeah basically just like and um just like ah fuck got everyone inside and just like basically close the doors but yeah um, well, what can you do? What I mean, can you do? You know, I don't like working places alone, but mm. sometimes there's venues you have to work alone. Yeah, like New Sydney. New Sydney. Yeah. But it's like, well, you can't really do much. No. Like, even if it's one-on-one, right? You know, fucking imagine the guys as big as Michael Myers, you know, from Halloween, mm. and just fucking smashing shit up. You'd just be like, fuck, is this worth the 30 bucks an hour that I'm getting? Right. Like, this guy will probably tear me in half. Yeah. But I remember early days working for a company and I was supposed to work at uh, the sea bar on the eastern shore oh yeah yeah and they're supposed to be two of us but the other cunt always used to call in sick and he oh, called shit. in sick like 10 minutes too and they just go oh sorry we can't replace him and it was a four hour shift so oh, they couldn't fuck. couldn't be bothered and I'd be thinking you got all the gauge brook fucking uh, ropey bogans there mm-hmm. cause like that's their pre-town mm. And you'd just be like, you know, here's me. Back then I had big fucking little afro surfy do thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking, fuck, I might be out of my depth here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you got through it, man. Yeah. But yeah, you got through yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think those, um, they're definitely experiences that, that help you grow. Um, they're tough, man. You, you, but I like, I like what you said about, um, you know, when you were working at, at James Squires and you said to him, look, I only work there if you give me another guy basically yeah. and yeah. so you, I think it's important that you, you got to stand up for yourself sometimes or establish a boundary understand what your boundaries are and don't don't break them for anybody yeah mm. definitely well before I left there they'd ended up with one on each door mm. so that's three mm. and me inside floating yeah so oh, it yeah. started with when Felipe was there one guard yeah and then we'd ended up with four yeah you know how many work there now fucking like eight or some yeah, shit yeah it's like eight to ten <laughs> yeah, yards yeah, there. Yeah, and I yeah. just think fuck we used to do that like with the tour uh, that's crazy but it was a hard slog because there wasn't much you could do mm. but it was like when you mentioned about Lower House Friday, Saturday nights that place was packed so if I'm on the other end of Squires and Grape calls me I've got to run through all these people and you're always just yelling while you're running move out of the way but yeah. everyone turns and goes what huh? and you're just and then you're just it's already like, plowing <laughs> you're already plowing yeah. through them you know yeah so what made you get out of the security industry? Um, I think it was just a lot of long nights, um, fucked up sleep, yep. and just dealing with, I mean, it, it sounds pretty simple, but just dealing with drunk people over and over again, um, just, you, you just get sick of it. It's just, um, you can't picture yourself doing it forever. Whenever I yeah. was doing security, I always thought to myself, 
fuck, I, there's no way I can be doing this for the next, whatever, 20 years, 30 years or something. Like, it was just, there was no way. So, yep. um, something else came along. I ended up going into the community sector. Sure. Um, and uh, so I was able to make, like, a, a full transition out. I left just sort of as my brother was starting, which was cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Did you pass on any advice to him? Uh I I tried to, but to be honest, I didn't really need to. He just um he he figured it out pretty quick, man, and yeah, I hope you get him on here, man, eventually if he can yep. get get his shit together cuz he'd have some fucking funny <laughs> stories, man. <laughs> So did you have any moments like some, like you mentioned when you had the glass bottles getting thrown at your head, did you have any other, other, oh shit moments, you know, like you're cruising, you're loving security and then something happens and you think, fuck, what am I doing? Yeah, I had a few, man. Um, One of them that stands out to me was I was on the door at Isobar and there was a bit of commotion sort of at the bottom of the steps and other guards were dealing with that and I was standing next to this guy a patron and he was just chatting to me and he was just like oh that's a bit fucked up da, 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 da. and i think he was mates with the guys that were down down the bottom of the steps and um and he just he, he's chatting to me and everything's fine and i'm sort of just like having a normal conversation with him and out of nowhere he just fucking headbutted me like just whack just hit headbutted me it wasn't like a a good hit but it was enough to make me be like, what the fuck? And yeah. I just, I basically just like pushed him down the steps, like, fuck <laughs> off, <laughs> basically. But like, it was, it was uh, unprovoked and um, unexpected for sure. And that was a moment, I think, where I was like, holy shit, I can't really trust anybody while I'm doing this. Because alcohol, the way alcohol affects people um, is unpredictable. And I don't know any of these people. So I just, I've got to just be more vigilant, more, um, just much more careful with everything that I'm doing. And then another one that I saw. So one of the, one of the main security guys, uh, he had ended up injuring somebody by during a removal and it became like a pretty big deal so this he's removed somebody they've ended up like on the pavement outside and just laying there so you know an ambulance is taking them away yeah and the sort of the stress and the 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 commotion that came out of that with with that particular guy um that guard and um management yeah um and just seeing all that that was kind of like a bit of a an eye opener as well like fuck you know people's lives are at stake here yeah. um and people's jobs are at stake here and it, it's um it's just not something i think to be taken lightly no no i once myself i had to testify cuz i uh to testify in court cuz i had um i had responded to a serious injury there was a, a fight that had broken out, out right outside the cage. Yep. And um, <clears throat> basically this guy got like sucker punched and he just ended up like smacking onto the ground, hitting his head on the ground. And um, I went out there with somebody else and we sort of put him in the recovery position and waited for an ambulance to yep. get there. And um, they took him away and everything. But then I had to go to court like whatever, a month later. Um, and basically... That's pretty quick. Yeah. That's very quick. Yeah. And uh and point out the guy. Yeah, okay. Uh who who did it. They were like yep. they were like, How would you describe him? And I'm I'm like looking across the courtroom, like right at him. And I'm like, uh Latino? <laughs> <laughs> like he's fucking right there. Like, what do you want from me, man? Yeah. Yeah. Now they asked you some weird questions. I recently had to go to coroner's court. Yeah. Because I was working at uh, Obal yeah. when uh, those two fellas unfortunately drowned. And, yeah. um, you know, you're just thinking this, that was, you know, three years ago. How am I supposed to remember what happened three years mm-hmm. ago? But also I didn't really have anything to do with it. I was standing on the door. Yeah. One gentleman was removed past me, you know, and that was like a non-physical removal. He yeah. just walked out. Yeah. And they're asking me, how come you didn't write that in your register? 
And I said, why the fuck would I bother? There's like 35 of those that happen at night. Mm. People just getting walked out because they've had too much piss. Mm. How am I supposed to know that this guy, unfortunately, was going to fall into the water and yeah. never make it out? Yeah. But you just think... It, that's another thing. You're just sitting there going, what the fuck? Because they're asking you about training. Mm. Oh, what kind of training have you done? And you're just thinking, I don't know what that's got to do with anything. But in the security industry, there is fuck all training. Mm. So I don't know what it was like when you did your course, but when I did my course, it was advertised as a two-week course, mm. and it went for three days. Yeah. Mine was very similar. Yep. It was... It was it was a real Mickey Mouse operation. Let me put it that way. Uh, they, um, I just went out to some warehouse out in bloody Cambridge, I think. It yeah, was. okay. And there was a guy there. He was busy doing other stuff. But yep. he sat me down at a desk and basically told me what to write on all these uh, pieces of paper. And just said, don't worry about it. Just put, put what you think kind of stuff. And then gave me some booklets took them home tried to fill out some stuff about fire extinguishers and shit it was it was honestly man it was piss poor um and it it did not in any way prepare me for what security was all about and i think that's the same with a lot of jobs not that they're all have you know piss poor certificates and courses that go along with them but um you know the practical versus the theory there's there's nothing that can really prepare you for something other than doing the thing. Mm. And uh, you don't really know until you start doing it. But nah, the uh, the course I did, did not at all yep. um, prepare me to, to work in the industry. I mean, I guess it would be hard because there's so many different facets to security. You know, like if you were to take a group of individuals and go, okay, well, we've got to cover cash in transit. We've got to cover retail. We've got to cover uh, if you're going to be a bouncer. We've mm. got to cover if you're going to go work in a shopping center. Mm. We've got to cover how you're supposed to talk to people. Like you can't really do it, you know. Um, well, you probably could, but the course would be like six months. Yeah, exactly. Like split it up. Like where, where are you actually going to be working mm. and then tailor a course yeah. for that. Yeah. As you said, those those are all different types of security details, you know? Yeah. Because you're thinking about if you're going to go into crowd control, you're going to think, well, you got to learn how to talk to people because if you don't, mm. you're going to have a very hard time. You're going to have to physically remove everyone. Yeah. Um, but also teach people some restraints. Mm -hmm. You know, like in my course, I remember they showed one and it was just like, what are you going to learn if you just do it on someone static? And you just go, oh, yeah, one rep, two reps. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, cool, good one. And the next time you do it is the person wants to hurt you yeah. or they're drunk. Mm. Things are moving, they're strong. Mm. Maybe their wrist or their arm's a little bit thicker, a little bit longer than mm. the person you practice it on. Yeah. But the type, the move, I mean, people won't be able to see it, but it was like you grab their arm and do this. Okay, yeah. Like it was like this Steven Seagal. Like, like an Aikido thing. sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny story, actually, because when I started working with Az, who was working for Phil when I first yeah. met him. Okay. Phil was cool, by the way. Yeah. I like that guy. He, he, was. he was cool, yeah. He was. But he, he I think he was he was a bit stingy mm. to my, because when I started, he said, oh, we're going to put you on a training wage because you're, oh. you're a trainee guard. Oh, yeah. So what, like $17? It was like 19 bucks. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, you know, I think I was 19, so I was like, oh, fucking dollar every year I've been alive. I'm fucking <laughs> living, I'm living, this is yeah. fucking good. Yeah. And, um, Shortly after, I stopped working for him because I was making... I ended up working for... Getting off topic here, but I ended up working for Coverall where I was just driving a car every night yep. and they were paying me 23 now. Yeah. And I was like, why would I go work at ISO when I can just drive the car for 12 yeah. hours, listening to the radio, yeah. do my a couple thing. of iced coffees, you know, speeding, doing a couple of burnouts, yeah. donuts in the <laughs> yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. Why would I want to go and work at ISO? So I stopped working at ISO and then when, you know, Fat Boy took off... Aaron called me up and said, we'll pay you this much. I think it was like 27 now. Yeah, 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 it was. So I was like, oh, well, that's... Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, going back. So, you know, as goes, um, show me the restraint. Did you learn any restraints in your course? I said, fuck yeah, mate. And he goes, show me. So I did it on him. And he just looked at me like, what the fuck was What's that? that? <laughs> Oh, Christ. And he just said, try this instead. And it was like a reverse Nelson, you know, where you hug the arms at the back. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that never really worked for me because if the person's a little bit taller than you, they just pull their arms out. That's right. So I never really liked it. So I just used to use the uh, the full Nelson. Yep. Um, 
all the time. Well, you know, as much as you could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I remember that. I just think, and actually, I remember him. He said to me, he said, make sure you don't rear naked choke anyone. And the time I didn't know what a rear naked choke was. So yep. I'm thinking, okay, well, I can't do what I don't know. Yeah. And then that night, I'm standing, and they said, all security to the front. Right. So I'm fuck, we all fucking run down the stairs. Mm. Next minute, there's a line of isobar guards and a line of bogans. Mm. And it's like, it's go time. I'm mm. like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm. And there was, I remember there was, as uh, Justin Rizzo. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was back then too. Yeah. yeah. And Minot. And yeah. they just fucking grabbed these three blokes, boom, rear naked choke, boom, asleep. Yeah. And I was like... Just fucked them all up. I, I had to ask them. I said, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And they said, oh, that's a rear naked choke. I said, yeah. he just fucking told me not to use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you not use that? It's the best yeah. fucking thing we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's basically, you know, if you're working alone, that's what you got. Mm. You got to choke them on, mm-hmm. fucking asleep. That's right. But, um, I, I've seen a few times where... Um, you know that you might remove somebody in a choke like that, and then they they walk them outside and just let them go, and that's yeah. that's the dangerous thing. Yeah. But um, it can be done safely. Yeah, it can definitely be done safely. Um, but the thing is, you got to think about what looks good on camera mm. as well. And chokes don't look good on camera. No, they do not. Um, I personally, I think they're one of the safest things you can do, mm. uh, if you know what you're doing. But um people who don't know and yeah. watch these things or review these things um, might have a different opinion so I think it's the one like the ones that get reviewed are the bad ones mm. right like uh, I've mentioned it before on, on the podcast gentleman worked at Toledo mm. I think it was Marquis at the time mm. choked a gentleman out walked him to the curb dropped him and mm. what the Mercury reports is he face got smashed on the gutter right so obviously that's not a good look. Mm. But I used to have a mate who you would know, Marcus. Oh yeah. And he used to work curlies. Yeah. And he legend, said, he legendary said, bloke. Always used to rear naked choke. Mm. He goes because I'm first on scene. I'm working up in the fucking, you know, uh, the, the where everyone dances. Yeah. And he goes, but I just slap it on air and I just give him a little pulse, so they know that, I'm in control. Yeah, yeah. And then I just he just goes, I just whisper, walk or sleep, which one? And I go, yeah, I will walk. And he goes, I just walk him in the choke. No pressure, but it's there. That if I have to snap it on, it's on. Yeah, and it goes works every time. Yeah, fuck yeah, I, I like that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's real cool. Yeah, a little and pulse. Yeah, give a, a little, little pulse. pulse. A little yeah. pulse. Because it's usually that first initial bit where they, you know, they feel the initial effects and they go, "I don't want to be part of this." Yeah, um, because I remember this guy when I was working the telly. Uh, I mentioned this story before, but if the Tasmanian police are listening, uh, it never actually happened. Hmm. He punched me in the face. Hmm. And, uh, you know, you get a little bit angry when people punch you in the face. Yeah. So I had, we had a bit of a wrestle and I put him in what's called a uh, hammerlock, which is you just, it's kind of a chicken wing, but you, you only need one hand. Yep. To throw. Is it like a quarter Nelson or? No, it's like uh, you can imagine the person is here yep. and, and I'm here yep. and I thread uh, this arm through here. Mm-hmm. So I just flick it over like so. Mm-hmm. And now I have your arm like this and my arm comes through here. Okay. So it's called a hammerlock, mm. right? And uh, I learned it when I did it, dabbled a little bit in Queensland because that's what all the small guys use. Yeah. Because it fucking works every time. Mm. And if someone's really big, mm. it works even better mm. because once you've got thicker arms and you lock it in, it's they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But also big boys that lift a lot of weights are really inflexible this yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, So you can lock Tight. it in. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I got him in that and like, you know, you're, ang- you're angry. So sometimes you use a force or your perception of what... Uh, someone's restrictions, mobility restrictions might be a little bit swayed. Sure. So next minute, the arm just went limp. Mm. Right? Oh, fuck. Yeah, spaghetti style. Yeah. And I feel the other hand comes through onto my leg and just starts tapping out. Yeah. And I'm like, the Saint we're not in a fucking dojo now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not in a fucking dojo now. <laughs> yeah. And you go... But that's, you know, people do things to you mm. and then you do things back to them. Mm. And they're like, oh, that was too rough. You shouldn't have done that. Or yep. I'm tapping out. Yep. Or, no, I don't want to borrow this anymore. And you go, but you started this. Mm. So maybe you shouldn't start things if you're not mm. prepared to finish them or just leave security the fuck alone. As they say, man, uh, play silly games, win silly prizes. Yep. Yep. 
or the new one. Fuck around and find yeah, out. Fuck yeah, fuck around and find out. <laughs> that scale. The more you fuck around, the more yeah, you'll find out. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so if you had your time over again, yeah. Tony, yeah. would you do... You think you would still do security? Look, look I don't know, man. I, I was thinking about that. Um, I'm unsure. Uh, there were things about it that I loved, and I met some really cool people. There were things about it that I really didn't like. Um, the work itself, I, I can't say I was a huge fan of, of what the work entailed. It was either really, really boring or um, pretty dangerous. Um, but but I, I'm a firm believer that every job you have and every bit of experience you make uh, is a stepping stone to the next job. And I probably wouldn't have the job um, that I've got now if it wasn't for it. So, and I, and I wouldn't have discovered jujitsu as well. So yep. just, just that alone um, definitely made it worthwhile. It's just, as I said before, just, I think it's just something to, to be taken seriously. It can be, it can be really exciting to, to go, oh yeah, cool. I'm going to get my security license. I'm going to work at this place and I'm with my boys and we're going to have a fucking sick night and I'm going to chat to girls all night. And that's cool. <laughs> like that, that's cool or whatever, but, but just don't forget what you're doing and the seriousness of, of what you're doing. And, and the, and when it comes down to it, you're looking after people's lives and their safety um, and yeah, so that's just a, a pretty serious thing. I think I, I probably would have done it. I, I'd do it again, but I'd, I'd do it maybe a bit differently. Yep. Um, take my training a bit more seriously at the time. Um, yeah, I would have. There's things that that I would have learned if I, was, if I knew I was going to be getting into it. So like in terms of advice for anybody who is thinking about getting into it a lot of people say oh just watch roadhouse that's all you need to know to to do security just watch roadhouse yeah and i watched roadhouse recently i'd never seen it but i watched it recently and yeah it's a classic and everything um but realistically learn as you said communication learn to negotiate learn body language learn how to read people um, and not just what what other people's body language, what they're presenting, but how you how you present your own mm. body language as well. Yeah. That's equally important. Um, maintaining you know high confidence body language because you know you don't want to be a target, you don't want to be a victim. Um, so just learn those things. Just take it into your own hand to you know, progress and just become knowledgeable about those, those sorts of topics. Those, those are the sorts of things that'll really. So you succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In, in security. I think people can usually figure out pretty quick whether or not they want to be in the industry mm. or not. Mm. Well, some people are smart with that decision, mm. you know, like they like, Oh yeah, I'm pretty good at this. I can talk to people. Mm. And some people are not so smart. Mm. Like, Oh yeah, I got to put the guy's head into the ground. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like it's fun, but like, you know. And, and you need that guy as well. Yeah. I think a good team has <laughs> that guy on the team. Yep. Um, it's got, you know, a talker, uh, a, a strategist, mm. uh, a brawler. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to work with this guy at the hospital and um, he was, I've never seen, I don't, he was good at de-escalation, but it was like a natural thing. Like the guy never did any training. He just could talk to anyone like you go fucking talk to the door over there yeah and next thing the door just open you know yeah 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 and when i get teamed up with him i'd always just go all right you're going in first you give me the signal if you need me and i'll come in and i'll just lock him up and he go yeah no worries and it was just i never had to go in yeah never had to go in and he worked there for probably like 13 years yeah and then it was just one time he went in there with the wrong person and just you know if people are going to if people are going to take advantage they'd look for that scenario that situation and they must have just saw a chink in his armor mm. and just bang and that was it career was over so he's not in it anymore no just stopped no is just he, is completely he right? left and yeah. no one's heard from him since fuck just resigned fuck yeah which uh, which can happen oh that's brutal man yeah that's it is. a brutal story it is. but that's that's the reality of it yeah. all as well yeah definitely. it only takes one yeah. incident to change oh, your whole yeah, life definitely. so definitely 
I've seen people get fucked up and mm. yeah, some some bad things. Did you work at the at the hospital with my brother as well or no? And he was, I think he was he was sort of leaving as I was coming. Okay, in. yeah, yeah. So because uh, he no. had some fucking weird stories. The hospital was an interesting place. Like I had already been doing security for thirteen years. Mm. By the time I got this, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen some shit. Like yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, yeah. I had no fucking idea no, what was going no, on. Like no. this is this is the people you never fucking hear. You know, if you're middle class, you don't fucking know these people. No. You don't see these people. We've no. got no idea about these people. Mm. And then you meet them and you just go, where the fuck are you been hiding? Like what the <laughs> what fuck? rock did you call up? <laughs> just some serious and like you just think it can never be topped, but then someone will top it. Yeah. Like I remember thinking, fuck, I've seen some stuff. And uh, someone was telling me this, this story about this chick who was in the psych ward, like full bananas. Yeah. Spoon into her eye, flicked it out, Shit. picked it up and Fuck. ate it. She ate it. That's wild. And then went to go scoop the other one out and they ran out and like quickly restrained her and they had a fella up there. He had like some form of autism crossed with uh, Down syndrome, yeah. but he was like had a really bad upbringing where his mum was doing some sick shit to him. Mm. So he was he was off his trolley and he would just... He'd piss in a cup and throw it on the mm. guards. Mm. And, like, I wasn't working security at the time, but I'd go and check on the guards because I knew they were having a shit time. Yeah. And he used to jizz in tissues and chase them around. Yeah. With and um, one day they got complacent and he filled uh, the sink with rags and then turned the sink on. So they're just sitting there outside the room and they see all this water. And they're like, oh, fuck, we've got to run in. And if you think about the room, the bathroom was like the doors are 45. So to be able to see it, you would have to go wide or you take the quickest route. You don't see what's around the corner. Okay. They took the quickest route and he had wiped his ass with both his hands. So you've got to imagine his cake now, like peanut butter. One comes through and they didn't put any PPE on either because they'd ran in. Fuck them, bam. Slaps one, boom, shit in the eyes, boom, slaps Fuck. the other one. While the other one's got his mouth open thinking, what the fuck is going on? Boom, in his mouth, he's got shit in his uh, mouth, and you just think, fuck, there's some animals. Yeah, yeah. There's some absolute Yeah, mental animals. mental illness is no joke. Yeah. Um, and I never, doing security, I never, thank Christ, had to deal with anything like that because I never worked at the hospital. But that is the reality of it you know you're doing security you could be dealing with anything yeah you could be dealing with anything yeah yeah especially if you're working like i see the poor guys that have to work in like uh you know where the wellington clinics are yeah down where all the shops are there's like one guard and he just patrols through there and it's like all the hospital clientele coming through that's right all the eshes are coming Mm. through and i'm just thinking fuck you must be get you must be paying you 100 bucks an hour it's interesting that the the cohort of Wilson security these days, it's changed. Yeah. Uber drivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So international international people like are taking it up. And yeah. I asked a fella one time, because he was the nicest fella, and I said, like, you're going to get fucking eaten alive. Because he came work to the hospital. He was like five foot two, skinny yeah. fella. And yeah. I thought, bro, you're going to get fucking, they're going to do some damage. Because mm-hmm. I've seen some people get really hurt. I said, why did you pick security? And yeah. he said, easy entry level yeah. to decent pay. Yeah. And that was what it was. Yeah. And come in, do your week. Next minute, you come work at the hospital, you know, making, I don't know what I make, 75, 80,000 a year if you don't do overtime. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. That's real good. Yeah. One of your questions was around martial arts. Oh, yes. And yes. whether you think that it can be helpful for people. Yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely think it is. Yeah. Um, Probably learning, you know, as we were talking about before, communication and and all that is probably more important. But it's good. It's martial arts are a good um, card to have yep. in your back pocket. Yep. And if anything, it just will will help with confidence as well. Being yep. a martial artist definitely helps with confidence. Yeah. So. Any particular martial arts, like if I go and do start doing karate, mm. you know, look. It's not like not you know. I don't want to be one of those karate. Yeah, I start doing taekwondo. You know, like I don't want to be one of those primary school martial artists that go, uh, oh, dude, jujitsu, jujitsu is the best. I haven't trained every martial art. I, I can't sit here and go, this one is is the best. Yeah, but I can tell you that from my experience, 
jujitsu has saved saved me in the yep. in incidents before, um, both at work and in my personal life as well. Yep. Um, I I love jujitsu. I think uh, one of the beautiful things about it is that it can be incredibly defensive. So you can you can use it to just hold somebody on the ground. You can prevent them from hurting themselves. You can prevent them from hurting you. And you don't have to hurt them at all. But you can literally just hold them there. So that's that's on one end of the scale, like that defensive scale. Yeah. And on the other end, it can be incredibly offensive, as you know, as well. Depending yeah. upon you know what, what you need to do with it. Yeah. But um, I think it's got a lot more practical uh, application than... Uh, I don't know if you compare it to any sort of striking martial art. You can either hit somebody or not. You can't really hit them softly. Yeah. I mean, you could, but what what effect yeah, is that going to yeah, be? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say jujitsu, man. To be honest, or any sort of wrestling, judo, yeah. even. Um, yeah, like with jujitsu, obviously, a lot of a lot of what ends up happening is a lot of groundwork and the ground is the last place you want to be when you're doing security. So maybe, maybe even judo to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Any sort of grappling art, I think well, you would have a good time. Yeah. hundred uh, percent would make you better off. Mm. But, um, for all the people that love Nogi, mm. you know, do you think the Nogi has carryover or do you think you'd be better doing gi? I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, with training gi uh the no gi proponents that go oh it's much more practical i mean right now we're wearing we're both wearing you know pretty heavy sweaters everyone wears clothes mm. i think that um i think that and especially here in tassie you know in winter everyone's walking around with a thick coat on you got to train both yeah. You gotta train nogi. You gotta, and I, I'm a big proponent of of gi as well. I think there's no point in in neglecting the gi. Um, I think that it's a a facet of the sport that if you neglect, you know, it's not gonna work in your favor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I had the conversation with my brother, and this wasn't just in security related. This mm. was just in general life mm. related. And I said, "Oh, well, what do you think?" And he said. He goes, I understand why people love no-gi, but if you're thinking from a self-defense perspective, mm. the people that do no-gi, if the perpetrator comes up and scruffs them, they go, what the fuck do I do What do I do? How, yeah. How do, do I, do I break the grips yeah. off me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I can't shoot the double. They're stiff-arming me. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you going to do from Right. Me? You've got to have some kind of idea on how to break get grips or manipulate that yeah. in some sort of way. Yeah. Uh, you can't just... I mean, I guess you could take your shirt off, but it's... Probably not going to be that fucking effective. Is yeah, it? but like I see what you're saying. It's not just yeah. about the attacking side of it, but like the defending yeah. side of it. So if somebody comes up behind you and like has got your, um, you know, your own jumper pulled across your neck mm. and it simulates, you know, like a bow and arrow choke or something yeah. like that, or some sort of collar yeah. choke. Well, if you only ever train no gi ever, yeah, only then. You're gonna be limited in what you know how you're gonna be able to respond to that. I I just love the sport, man. I think that it's kind of like two cool things for the price of one. Why yep. why would you not yeah, of course. Uh, train of course. Yeah. Yeah, true. Out of the venues that you worked, mm. Tony, mm. what do you think? What was which one was your favorite, and why was it your favorite? Um, I'd say probably the last one I worked at Lower House yep. was my favorite. I mean, my induction into security working at Isobar that was that was incredible, and and that really opened up that world for me, and 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 started to change my life around how I saw myself and um, how I spoke to people and all that. But once I sort of got sick of security and I knew I wasn't going to be doing it for much longer, Lower House was definitely the place to be for me um it was yeah it was just a nice exit from from that sort of scene i suppose yeah and 
everywhere I worked, met cool people. Yeah. Um, that was, I think, probably one of the, the highlights of security was just working with awesome people or, you know, the end of a night when something crazy's happened and you're all sitting around like, oh, fuck, that was wild. Like, like you know, just memories. Yeah. Making, making cool, cool memories. You end up with some stories, definitely, if you stay in the game for long enough. I remember I did this one thing. It wasn't that big of a deal, but, like, I'll never forget. It was funny. So, like, in Isobar, it was, like, in the Red Room, mm. and there was this fucking guy. It was packed, and this dickhead decided to just light up a cigarette. And I was like, fuck yeah, here's my chance. <laughs> I ran up to him, fucking plucked it out of his mouth, and I've done the old, like, what he does in Starsky and Hutch when he fucking just just fucking just, yep. like, destroys a cigarette with his hands. Yep. I've done that. And then, like, remove the dude. And I was just like, I always wanted to do that Starsky and Hutch move. And I there finally just did it. It was wicked. I remember working Squires uh, back in the day when they were introducing in Salamanca that you couldn't smoke and drink mm. in the same spot. So, you know, outside areas you used to, you used to be able to smoke and drink. But they were saying now if you wanted to smoke, you had to move over to the fountain. Mm. Uh, which, I don't know, doesn't really make sense. You're going to, all the kids are there, you're going to fucking send the smokers over there. But anyway, I think that was just their deterrent to get people to stop smoking yep. because Hobart City Council's progressive and green and yep. they think that they can do the good. Anyway, but that meant people couldn't take their drinks. So you used to have to have a pretty good guard uh, that worked the other end. And unfortunately for me, around that time, uh, we were working under McKenzie. Mm. And he used to send me some real fucking special some space cadet doozies. Yeah, you know, you'd be like, oh, your shoes untied, mate. You want to tie that up? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember duds. this fucking dude, he called me out the back and he said, I said, what's the problem? And he goes, this guy's giving me trouble. And it was like these two fellas and one, he had a cigarette in his mouth, but he hadn't lit it up. And I said, well, did you tell him you can't smoke here anymore? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I told him, but he's not listening. And I said, oh, okay. So I go and talk to him and I said, mate, you can't smoke here. You can't drink over there. So you have to pick one, right? And he goes, oh, well, I want to smoke and drink, so I'll just do this. And I said, look, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you again, right? You, you can't smoke here and you can't drink over here. So you need to pick one or I'll pick for you. Mm. And he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Anyway, so he lights up the cigarette and like a fucking snake, I just, whoosh, Grabbed it straight out of his fucking mouth and I dropped it and I stamped it out and I said I guess you're drinking here then and he fucking goes oh he's banter threats were really weird he's like I'm gonna tear your ass open I'm like what 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 are you talking about and I said to his mate I said can you get this fucking guy out of here (laughs) just really strange and like people say some strange things to you you know and you just think are you all there, mate? I, I remember <laughs> as was funny with that. He um, he always would say strange things to them just yeah. to disorient them a yep. bit. Yep. So like this one bloke, he goes, he must have worked at customs or something. And he said, do you know who I am? That's a big one, of course. Do you know who yeah, I yeah. am? But he goes, do you know who I am? I've got access to the control tower. As in that big fucking thing down at customs, that big tower that's down there, right? He's got, I've got access to the control tower. Do you have access to the control tower? And as goes, do I want access to the control tower? I want access to your control tower. And the dude was (laughs) like, what? What the fuck? And he just like walked away. But I think that that can be like... Realistically speaking, that can be an intelligent way to mm. diffuse. Yeah. It's just to confuse. Yeah. A bit of confusion, bit yeah. of a yeah. Yeah, disorientation. It's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Redirection. Yeah. yeah. Redirection works good. Yeah. Especially with confused people. Mm. And you're like, what the fuck are you mm. talking about? Mm. Oh, there's a boat over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up now. Um, Anyone that you would like to see on this podcast, thinking about all the, through all the people that you worked with yeah. that you may know. Yeah, uh, my brother for sure. Yep. he's the number one. Um, wicked bloke. Um, been t- doing security for a long time. 
So it'd be awesome to hear him on here and uh, hear some of his stories. On, I won't tell his stories for him, but um, yep. he has had some wild shit happen. Once a chick tried to stab him in the head with the heel of her shoe. Yep. So if you think about a, a sharp stiletto coming at your temple, that could be really bad. Mm. Uh, let's see. Um, I mean, any of those guys from back in the day, Ali, yep. he was cool. I think Jimmy Steers moved to like Queensland or something, but yeah, he's awesome. As, I want to know what happened to As, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's cool. Anybody, man. Like, yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to, uh, to Alex's. Yeah. I've got a lot, a lot of respect for Alex, actually. Yeah. We worked together for a bit at, um, Vodafone. Yeah, okay. Years ago. And, yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's where I met him actually. Yeah, yeah. Right. Never really worked with him security. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I worked with him in the tail end in my career when I went to Pub Bank. He was the security manager. Mm. So yeah, it was a good bloke. We had a couple of funny moments. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh thank you very much, Tony, for coming on. If you want to do a shout out, do it now or forever hold your peace. Man, thanks for having me on here. That's all right. Uh it's been a real pleasure man to be honest been absolutely my pleasure and been fun just reminiscing and yeah just bringing up bringing up some uh, some stories from the past and i mean all these these things that happen they just make us who we are today yeah. you know yeah. so yeah it's important i think i think we sort of honor honor the past in a way yeah that's good, man. No, it's been fun. Thank you heaps, man. I appreciate nice. it. Thank you. Cheers, brother.